Okay. Welcome back to the Outer Circle Inner Stillness, reflections on sobriety and spirituality and how these two disciplines work together and achieve many of the same ends uh, with different language at times. So this is continuing the series on sobriety tips, sobriety wisdom. I feel like I should say tips instead of wisdom because I don't have enough gray hair yet to, to really say wisdom. Uh, but it's some things, some ideas, some practical considerations for how do you do sobriety? How do you do the sober way of life? And how do you sustain it? So in the last episode, we talked about visioning and the vitality, the, uh, the vital need to have a goal, to have a sense of what are your values and long-term purpose. You can't just do it for what's right now because things are hard. And if you can't, if you don't know why, why put the effort, why put out the effort to, to struggle? Why bother with all of these things? Uh, then it gets really hard to experience a very difficult present moment. So, so that was, that, that was one tip. Uh, a, a second tip has to do with defining terms, uh, defining terms. It's, it's a, it's a science concept, a research concept. And I think just a really practical thing as well, uh, in any sort of communication setting when we're using, especially when we're using buzzwords, big words, loaded words, uh, loaded laden words become loaded words, of course. <laughs> so what is recovery? What is sobriety? Uh, this is important, I think. Uh, so there's a couple, there's a couple careless definitions, I think, to be cautious of. Uh, the most notable of which is uh, abstinence, uh, abstinence-based. Um, so not to say, not to say that that's bad, because very often sobriety does mean abstaining from one or two or many things. That often is a part of it. Where that goes wrong is where that's all it is. And, and you see this every now and then you see somebody who their whole focus is on how do I not look at porn? How do I not drink? And then that can look like kind of this preoccupation with how do I get all of the right softwares and accountability programs on my devices? Or how do I avoid the beer aisle or, or things like that? And there's a, just a kind of, um, I would say imbalanced, kind of empty shape to that sort of approach where you're building your life around a void and you're 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 putting all of your energy into what not to do so it's a grammatically negative structure and that tends to not work really well even if a person's able to sustain that for a while it's tiring it's exhausting it's not really fulfilling and there's not really a way to connect for that person um, because all of their energy is going into what to avoid. There's not really any sense of what to approach. So my idea here is, so, you know, tip 2.1, define, define your terms, define what it, what sobriety is that, that you're working toward. And tip two, that definition must include something you're striving for. Uh, not just what am I leaving behind, but what am I reaching towards? What do I want to achieve? What do I want to gain? And in a sense, like a number of days without drinking, smoking, or, or looking at porn kind of doesn't count in this setting. It needs to be something more like, I want to build a family, or I want to go back to school, or I want to have a more regular prayer life, or, you know, for me, it's like, I want to write a book. Um, well, I 
am in the process. I am in the process of writing a book now. I want to publish the book, and then I want somebody to buy it. So anyway, but but that's an example of it's something to add to my life, something that I can grasp at, uh, not just something I'm trying to to stay away from. So for this, I'm going to throw out a couple other ideas around what recovery is, and uh, some of them are literally from. Uh, a keynote slide because I've, I've talked about this in lectures before. Um, but it's uh, some some other different sayings, phrases, ideas connected to what, what recovery is, um, especially as more than just abstinence. So one of my uh, very favorite, uh, one of my very favorite definitions, quick definitions of recovery is this idea of embracing your unfiltered reality at any cost. Uh, and this is a a not a perfect quote, but it I very much pulled this idea from the the pure desire seven pillars curriculum developed by um, what is his name? Developed by Dr. Ted Roberts. Um, I almost forgot his name, and that's really sad. Um, so <laughs> all that is a so there, there, there's the the seven the the seven pillars pure desire curriculum developed by Ted Roberts, who is mentored by Dr. Pat Carnes. Uh, so I got so I got this idea from from that curriculum. Uh, so credit where credits due. Um, but that concept I think is really powerful because there's this idea of sobriety as presence sobriety as, as as ownership as responsibility uh without without needing the filters without needing these chemical aids whether it's an external experience giving you that chemical whether it's a substance or whether it's you know messing with your own internal chemicals um there's this idea of when i'm sober i can be in my life and i can and i don't need to hide from it uh so i mean that on its own, I think, captures quite a bit. Um, some other some other ideas. So, you know, Johan Hari has very famously said the opposite of addiction is connection. Um, I have a hard time arguing with that. Or, or uh, you know, I mean, maybe we could say that doesn't quite encompass like every aspect of it, but that that's pretty powerful because addiction can be more properly understood as a bonding disorder or an intimacy disorder, which is related to attachment distress and attachment failure. And so restoring that, restoring relationships is a huge part of recovery. And that could be uh, in the in the sex and porn addiction world, that often looks like here's one partner reconciling with another, the, the acting out partner or reconciling with, with the betrayed partner. Uh, it can look like parents reconciling with kids, friends reconciling with each other, individuals reconciling with their whole communities, uh, any and all. But all of that's really essential because when a person is in community, they have an identity. They have a sense of who they are. They can find that. They have a sense of purpose. And they have they have a good sort of framework around them. Uh, you know, if that community is even further connected to a tradition of some sort, uh, a, set, a shared set of beliefs, a shared set of practices, a history, there's a security, there, there, there's a home there. And a very dysregulated person can find a lot of stability in entering that sort of flow. 
and of course, there could also be the very rigid forms of those that are also not good, and we have to be careful of those. Uh, and and as we as we find out, you know, people who enter addiction, compulsion, the acting out cycle, they're often coming from environments with either no structure, no connection, high chaos, or hyperstructure, rigidity, uh, too much structure. And and both of those extremes have their own types of problems. And so 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 then finding a healthy relationship, a healthy community. Um, is very necessary for for sobriety, and I would say uh, the seeking of that is is a really worthy worthy goal for for sobriety. Um, so being able to freely, comfortably enter into your internal world and there find stillness and calm that's one of my ideas. As I'm just noticing how there's that there's some people, and, and you you start to be able to spot the difference. There's some people who have an inner life and some people who don't, and the people who don't, their life is made up of books and movies, home projects, weather, politics, things that they're angry about, traffic, uh, and everything, um, other people's lives. And I have to say that carefully because I love the books and movies and I, and I love getting into that world. But um, but, but even then, for, for me, when, when I'm doing that, there is a way where I have to be careful not to do that too much at the risk of losing touch with my own uh, internal life as well. But, but so then like the other the other half of that is the people who they're able to enter into their own mind and they're able to think about things, reflect on things and be aware of their feelings, be aware of you know thoughts and needs. And they're able to be still and be quiet. And um, and that 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 divide makes a really big difference in trying to do something long term like I want to grow in sobriety or I want to grow in my spiritual disciplines. Uh, I want to sustain these things long term. Um, people who can internally process uh, life events, especially the painful life events, uh, when a person can do that, they can get through a whole bunch of things, and they can they can last for a long time. This is true life. Um, so that would be, I think, so acquiring the inner life would be a really vital component to to what sobriety is and, and a worthy goal. Um, so, you know, similarly being present, mindful, connected, self-reflective, proactive, as opposed to being dissociated, compulsive, disconnected, in denial, and passive. And that difference between passive approaches to life versus active approaches, it's the idea of like, well, I hope that I don't relapse when such and such happens versus, you know, this thing's coming up. I'm not going to relapse. I'm not going to relapse. Um, the, you know, sobriety often includes making decisions and taking a stand for things. Um, as, as we've said before, sobriety centers on relationships, uh, you know, sense, uh, you know, relationships that are based on, on, on the senses, on the reality, on, on intimacy, rather than fantasy and objectification and intensity. Um, you know, sober relationships there, there's an authenticity, there's a vulnerability there. There's a, a, a way of learning like direct, direct, clear communication rather than, you know, communication with like layers and layers and layers of subsects and paranoia. Um, you know, someone who's, uh, but, like, but like we're saying, someone who is living a sober life is actively pursuing a passion or actively pursuing a vision, actively working toward creating a legacy. Um, so, I mean, on the surface, at first, that could look something like, okay, now I'm abstaining from all of these things. I'd like to buy a house or I'd like to get a, get a degree or I'd like to write a book or I'd like to start a family. Um, there's those sorts of things that can certainly start you that direction. 
And then it's kind of beyond that, there can be the sense of like, I want to become a certain kind of person, a person who inspires, a person who teaches, a person who models these things for others. Um, it came up <clears throat> in, in a group discussion recently, this question of like, well, so what happens when I have gotten sobriety and I have gotten stable there? What does my life look like then? Like, do I, do I stay in group? Do I keep going to meetings? Do I, I still do this work? And there is this very, you know, why, you know, why, why is recognition that um, I, I won't be able to hide behind things. I'll have to like take ownership for my life, and you know, all of my deeds will be fully attributed to me and, and not, not to a drug. And, and and that's a true thing. Um, the the other component to that though is that yeah, so at some point you're not going to be in crisis in recovery. You're not going to be learning all of the new things. You're not going to be hoping you make it. You know, another week. At some point, you'll have got it and, and be pretty stable. And so what do you do then? Uh, you give back. You teach someone. You mentor someone else as they're going through the same process. And you stay connected to the community with a different role. Your role in the community doesn't have to end. It very much can deepen and develop and take on new dimensions. Uh, so for, for people who are in long-term recovery or getting there, uh if it's not including supporting someone else then you might be missing out on something <clears throat> as we've said you know vision is really important values are really important so in the sense of you know defining sobriety is more than just abstinence that really does mean also having to define what are your values there's endless different exercises for that if you reach out to me i have a couple of different you know worksheets i could walk you through to help clarify what are the values, what are the things that are most important to you. That's a really important step. And I'd say too, it's it's not necessarily a, a one-time only sort of thing. Like you write your creed and then you're done. Because um, life happens and, <clears throat> and you grow, you change, you develop as a person, you discover things about yourself. Uh, tragedies happen and, and et cetera, and you have to respond to those. Uh, you know, you, you search out a value system that can account for all of life in, a, in an edifying, life-giving way. And uh, and then that becomes kind of your vision. You you get a sense of what's important to you, and you you shape yourself around that. It means you give preference to some things and not to others. Maybe you go without some things because they don't support the these core values you have, um, and that becomes the cost of those values because certainly every value does have a cost to it. Well, like we said, moving towards sobriety, moving toward people, community, relationships instead of isolation also instead of uh, hyper independence being empowered being having self-efficacy being able to do things on one's own that there's a lot of value there um part of my journey has been learning to take a more active role in my life learn how to do, do things for myself um but there is also uh, an extreme of that where i only rely on myself and i don't look to, to others for help and i don't allow others into my life uh and that's the other extreme and that that's not good either um, like we talked about the inner life, moving towards sobriety is again, it's not just abstaining from drugs, but it's moving toward knowing yourself better, knowing your inner life, knowing the, knowing your others, knowing the, the inner lives of others is part of that. It's moving toward a state of calm rather than intensity, excitement all of the time. Nothing wrong with getting excited about something, but if that's your rigid normal, like I have to be excited or something's wrong. Uh, that's an imbalance. Whereas, you know, to, 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 to be calm, to be calm in presence, to be calm, to be ordered, 
and to be awake, fully awake, fully present, fully engaged, uh, is, is good. You know, you're not super extreme. You're not super intense. You're not super disconnected or numb. You're very present, focused, awake, and conscious and connected. And that, that's, that's kind of the, the, the sobriety medium that, that we're after. Um, so, you know, so shying away from the chaos and extreme states that can go with acting out. Definitely. Um, sobriety often looks like having daily practices rather than episodic highs. Again, acting out can be like super, super rigid rituals or high chaos. You're going after the highs, you're going after the lows, a sobriety rhythm. It's, it's more, more regular, you know, the ups and downs are less up, less down. There's just like a lot more balance. There's also a way too where we can recognize recovery, sobriety, like spirituality as being this all-encompassing transformative way of life. Uh, it's not just a hobby, not just an accessory. And these abstinence-focused approaches can tend to hobbify the, the, the recovery work. Um, it's this thing I do at group. It's this thing I, I have this like app on my, on my phone, um, but I'm not really learning much about myself. I'm not really changing how I interact with people. I'm not really changing how I interact with the world. I'm not really facing struggles or difficulties any differently. Uh, I may be just coping with video games instead of with porn or with sugar instead of alcohol. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a way where if this isn't transformative, I'm not going to say it's not worth it, but it's, it's meant to be transformative. And again, here's where it also mirrors what the spiritual life is also. Um, you know, you know, speaking as, as an Orthodox Christian, you know, Orthodox Christianity is not meant to be done part-time. It's not meant to be this little add-on, you know, oh, here's this cool thing. I had this cool prayer rope and I'm, I'm cool. Uh, it's very much meant to be, no, this is my life. This is all of me. This is all encompassing. I am becoming and becoming the image of Christ and, and my, my whole life, how I act, how I think, how I, how I look, how I speak, how I interact is all subject to, to, to revision and to, and to improvement. Uh, sobriety is very much like that. Um, you know, to have your default set of dispositions cater toward sobriety and presence is entirely different and often opposed to, you know, the set of dispositions that lean toward, I actively and compulsively dissociate through chemicals and drugs. Uh, recovery sobriety, again, not just not looking at porn, but it's it's participation in a tradition and in a culture uh, that has a very different trajectory than when you're just you know on your own acting out. Your life's going down one trajectory. When you join a tradition, join a, a culture, whether that's uh, the twelve step culture, whether that's you know refuge and recovery, whether that's um, your your faith tradition, um, those traditions there there's culture, there's community there. Uh, there, there's ritual there that sets your life on a very different trajectory. And I would say a much more ordered one, a much more life-giving connected one. So, um, and yeah, so another, another concept from the facing the shadows curriculum is this idea of a first order, second order change. That's, that's some language they use, uh, you know, first order change is the behavior change. I get the stuff out of my life. I stopped looking at porn. I stopped smoking crack and I, I, you know, I start going to meetings, et cetera, et cetera. There's a behavior. And then there's the, the second order change, which is the internal change. It's the character growth. It's the, uh, the, the transformative aspect. So 
it's all that to say. So when now, now my, my, my challenge to you is to define your terms, define your sobriety. What is it you're actually working for? Uh, is it just, oh, I just, I want to stop a couple things. <laughs> or it's like, I just want to stop drinking, but I want to leave everything else in place. Um, or is it that I'm interested in adding things to my life? I'm interested in shaping my life differently. I'm interested in becoming someone different. Uh, that sort of goal can work. That sort of goal can carry you through many life stages, many life difficulties, because it's big. It's big, it's compelling, it's complex. It has a lot of room for variation and, and it changes you. So when your goal is change, actual change, change of your whole self, and there can be a community around you to do that, or even like a community, even one or two other people, uh, you, have, you have a chance, you have a chance at, at really making this work. So that's our discussion today. That's our, our tip, our idea. Uh, if this sort of thing is helpful for you, um, please do join our community. Uh, you can visit patreon.com slash outer circle. You can follow the podcast through my Instagram at new pattern counseling and, uh, follow the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Please do like and review and share it around because that does help us and, uh, tune in next time. We will be back with more sobriety tips coming up very soon. Um, peace, peace to you all and have a wonderful day.